0: Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week something new, something that I haven't done before. I'm excited to try this out. I'm calling this Craig's Crystal Ball. Maybe it's a little self-aggrandizing, but I want to talk to you about some predictions that I have for the upcoming year, 2024. Now, these predictions are based on my understanding of the news and trends that I see. They're almost exclusively about things that are happening on the right wing internationally. Uh, So some of it's about the United States, but not all of it is about the United States. These are predictions, right? You know, I'm not staking my entire, you know, meager working class academic Savings on this, but I would lay money down about these particular predictions. Now, my claim to fame when it comes to predictions about the right wing is that back in 2014, I made a bet that if Hillary Clinton was nominated for the presidency uh, by the Democratic Party in 2016, she would lose to whomever the Republicans nominated against her. And I based this prediction essentially on the fundamentally misogynist nature of United States political culture. That prediction was, of course, proven correct. Unfortunately, I deeply regret the fact that this was a correct prediction. And uh, I can assure you that I immediately donated all of the money that I received in that bet to protect undocumented immigrants in the wake of Trump's inauguration these predictions are uh, similarly, you know, I, I, I feel similarly good about these predictions. I would put money on it. I would bet uh, a lot of money. However, I wouldn't bet my whole life. So here are the predictions. My first prediction is a pretty clear one. You know, I think that this one we, we know is definitely going to happen. When Geert Wilders takes office as prime minister in Europe, Three of Europe's leading countries will be led by right-wing figures. These are the Netherlands, Italy, and Hungary. These groups together, alongside other conservative slash right-wing forces in Europe, are going to create a, a new and relatively stable right-wing bloc in the region. Orbán's uh, hold on power in Hungary is very solid at this point. Meloni seems pretty poised to remain in power in Italy, at least for the foreseeable future. And I see no reason that Geert Wilders will not be in a similar position as the future prime minister of the Netherlands. Now, unlike Orban, Wilders and Maloney have a little bit more horse racing to do. You know, they have a little bit more like politicking to do to maintain their coalition's hold over their governments. However, this stable bloc will transform European politics and make it much harder for the more progressive parts of the European political world, namely Spain, and actually right now Poland, to move in a more progressive direction in the region. My second prediction concerns Brazil. I predict that Jair Bolsonaro, the former president of Brazil, will be in jail, that is behind bars before the end of 2024. I predict this because Jair Bolsonaro already has a series of legal proceedings out against him. These range from election fraud, as in like trying to lie about the 2022 election, which he lost to Lula, the current president of Brazil, to his involvement in the attempted coup on January 8th, earlier this year, of 2023, to money laundering which he is under real investigation of and could very seriously be convicted of as a crime you know that 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 he and his associates used untaxed and in many senses like unrecorded diplomatic gifts that they received from the ambassadors of foreign countries and that they took those gifts and sold them in the United States without paying customs fees without paying taxes on them so that's just straight up money laundering So Bolsonaro already has a bunch of these legal proceedings up against him, and he has already spoken to the police about them, like he has gone into police headquarters to talk to them about these potential charges, like in the way that a criminal might, right? The other reason that this is a serious possibility in the Brazilian case is that this has already happened to a sitting Brazilian president. In fact, this happened to the current president of Brazil, Lula, who was in prison before his sentence was annulled and he could run for president again. Yes, the current president of Brazil has been in prison several times. The first times were when he was a union organizer under Brazil's military dictatorship, which lasted from the 1960s through to the 1980s. Then more recently, he was put in jail and was in jail for almost 600 days because of money laundering. And I mean, like, there's absolutely no reason to believe that this won't happen to Bolsonaro very soon. Um, Things are proceeding pretty rapidly in Brazil. Bolsonaro no longer enjoys diplomatic or sort of presidential or electoral immunity because of his loss of his electoral positions. My third prediction is about Ukraine. I predict that by the end of 2024, the Ukrainian war will be resolved with a Ukrainian defeat. This probably means some form of territorial loss for Ukraine and probably some oversight of their government by Russia. I predict this not happily. This is a bad outcome. This means that the first major war for territory that the world has seen in quite a long time, and especially the first major war for territory between two developed countries for an extremely long time, will end with victory for the aggressor, I predict this largely because the European Union and the United States are severely curtailing their aid to Ukraine. Both this week, the the aid from the EU has been stopped by Viktor Orban from Hungary, and potential aid from the United States is under serious jeopardy by the Republican Party in the United States, which is demanding military and financial concessions inside of the United States, specifically dealing with so-called border security AKA the Republicans want the United States army to attack and kill people who are trying to enter the United States without particular papers. The other reason that I predict that this is going to happen is that the Ukrainian war is losing ground internationally to attention to the Israel-Gaza war. Another reason that I predict that Ukraine will broadly lose this war is that Putin has time on his side, whereas Ukraine does not. Ukraine entirely depends upon international aid for its military supplies, or at least very, very vastly depends on it. Russia does to an extent. However, they also just have a much bigger economy than Ukraine does by itself. Russia would be able to resupply itself. Russia would be able to purchase resupplies. Russia would be able to furnish the supplies for an army. They were caught off guard, but ultimately time is on their side. I think that the only hope that Ukraine has to get out of this without the kind of territorial and political concessions that I'm talking about is EU membership. Again, this is not me being a tanky. This is not me saying like, oh, yeah, we should just like leave Ukraine to die in Russian intervention and invasion. I'm talking about what I predict is going to happen. I am not excited or happy about this prediction. And speaking of predictions that I am not excited or happy about, here's my last one. I predict that Donald Trump will be elected president of the United States in November 2024. This election is shaping up almost certainly to be a repeat of the election from 2020, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. And there are several reasons that I believe that Trump will be elected. One of them is the wars that are going on in the world that the United States is perceived to be involved in. Now, the United States is not a belligerent in either of these wars, either in Israel or Ukraine. These are both, in some senses, proxy wars, wars that the United States is fighting via international proxies, namely Israel and Ukraine. The United States is arming both of these countries, or is at least trying to in the case of Ukraine. You know, the Democrats are trying to arm Ukraine. The United States is heavily arming Israel, however. And Joe Biden is facing the international scrutiny of doing so, of being involved in very, very protracted and dangerous, bloody conflicts. But most Americans don't vote because of foreign wars. Most Americans vote because of the economy. And despite what you might hear if you were listening to podcasts by The New York Times or reading The New York Times, God forbid, you know that the economy is not doing well. Most people do not feel like the economy is serving them, and all of the numbers might say otherwise, GDP might be growing, yada yada, but if people don't experience the economy as working for them, then it isn't. That's because the economy is a humanistic, social-scientific experience. It is not a measurable fact, like the uptime on a server or something like that. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not a machine to be tweaked. It's an experience. It's something that we live together. And if people wake up and feel like the economy is bad, then the economy is bad. That's just how it works. People do not experience the economy as working for them, so it's not. And when the economy is not working for people, they vote for somebody else for president. That's just how it works. Across the presidential elections that have happened in the United States since the end of World War II, there have been pretty key observable, repeatable truths. Usually, incumbents win. Trump is, of course, an exception to this. There are other ones, including, for example, Jimmy Carter and George H.W. Bush. And the primary reasons that those incumbents lose are if they are perceived to be involved in a war that was unpopular and if people think that the economy is going poorly. People think that the economy is going poorly, and so it is likely that Joe Biden will lose to Donald Trump. In this upcoming election, another reason that I predict that Joe Biden will lose is that he's just less exciting to people. People are not getting galvanized going out to vote for Joe Biden. He did not complete many of the promises that he made to his core constituencies, including expanding health care, including curtailing the demands for repayment of student loans, or improving immigration status things. Again. Joe Biden did do some of these things, but people do not perceive him to have done so. And so I don't think that they're going to go out and vote for him because of this. Polls do show that Joe Biden will probably lose to Donald Trump. And yes, polls have been really, really complicated and difficult to trust in the last several years. They, of course, massively mispredicted the 2016 election. But I think that there are some reasons that we have to believe them this time. Specifically, I think that Joe Biden's lack of momentum, the lack of excitement around him as a candidate, is one of the reasons that Democrats are unlikely to show up in massive numbers. Additionally, there is the fact that Republicans are really pushing against electoral turnout throughout many states in the United States. And many other states in which Republicans are not in control, for example, Michigan, are states in which Donald Trump has a serious advantage because of Joe Biden's involvement in and stance on the Israel Gaza War. These are states where specific groups of people, specifically Muslim Americans, are really necessary for the Democrats to squeak out a win in an extremely deeply purple state, you know, a state that is very much divided between Republicans and Democrats. I think that Donald Trump would probably win even if he were convicted of a felony And I say this because the felonies that he's likely to be convicted of are some complicated money laundering thing that I think most people are just kind of not going to be paying attention to because most people just aren't paying attention to this New York civic trial. Like, I don't think they fucking care. And the other things that he might be convicted on that are actual felony charges are interfering with the election. But his supporters do not believe that this was interference. They will look at all convictions that he might face and say, This is just Democrats persecuting him. When he talks about going after his opponents, Democrats say that it's mean, but they're doing the same thing. They're incapable of or uninterested in understanding the difference between, hey, Donald Trump actually broke the law and was trying to do authoritarian coup stuff. And hey, you know, Donald Trump says that he's just going to jail his opponents. They don't perceive the difference between these two things. It's very important for their ideology that they don't. And this is why I think that Donald Trump is going to be elected president of the United States. Didn't say he's going to win the majority of the vote. Almost certainly not going to do that. But I do think that he's going to win the Electoral College and be an elected president of the United States in 2024. All right. That was Craig's Crystal Ball, a segment of 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I've been Dr. Craig Johnson, and I'm thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review of whatever it is you're listening to on. Instead of my Patreon, check out Medicine Sans Frontières, that's Doctors Without Borders in English. Check out the Red Cross or the Red Crescent and the Gaza Children's Fund. If you want to ask me a question for my ongoing uh, question and answer episodes about fascism, you can reach me at Gmail at fifteen minutes at gmail.com. That's fifteen minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. I am on Twitter at hist of the right, that's H I S T of the right, and fascism fifteen. And I'm on Blue Sky at one five M I N S O F F A S C, that's fifteen mins of fash. Thanks very much, and I will talk to you Thursday.